week's episode. Oh my goodness. This is something that we've never talked about on YouTube and it is one of the main problems in our lives as twins. <laughs> Gabby, when she, you heard we were doing this episode, you go, this is going to ruin my life. <laughs> hey guys, I'm Nikki and I'm Gabby and, and this, this is the Opposite, Opposite Twins Podcast. <laughs> what we're going to talk about has truly been a problem our biggest problem to this day since we were so young and it's still our biggest problem yeah it it has the power to take over an entire day for me like i could be hung up on one sound for an entire day let's just get into it because people are probably very confused okay so we let's start from the beginning growing up me and gabby have always had sensitive ears. This is going to sound so This is going to sound so, so weird. Oh my God. God, how do we... <laughs> um, my mom would notice like we would have like fits and like... like almost like tantrums, tantrums. Temper tantrums. Over sounds. And it was specific sounds. And can I just say I'm glad I can share this with you and not go through this by myself. By myself. I would Because I always like, felt like I had Nikki to back me up from this because I felt like... So weird growing up because it sounds like a lie when you're upset it about a sound. Does. Um, growing up, our parents wouldn't understand it and we'd back each other up. And if Gabby didn't back me up, or if I didn't back Gabby up, like if we didn't have each other to go through this, it looks like you're just a bratty, finicky, spoiled kid that needs everyone to like talk when you want them to talk and not do this and not do that. And you look like a like an asshole. So basically, Nikki and I were suffering reactions really hard like annoyance anger reactions to sounds that really irritate us and these sounds could be as simple as someone chewing gum someone typing, typing during a test playing um, with paper blowing like their nose or their even nose whistling. visually sometimes like someone holding their hand a certain way or like rubbing something a certain way or like a nose whistling. I said or, that. Why, did you say Why that? the nose whistling? Why, why, it's, okay. The amount of Uber drivers that I've had where that's been a thing, I feel so, so bad. Or like one time an Uber driver's going, oh, sucking on a hard candy. Um, I'm trying to think of like the, oh my God, recently got my eyebrows waxed and the woman was chewing pretzels and she was holding onto the one chew for the entire time she was waxing my brow. She kept going, Right in my face. Like she was swallowing it for like five minutes. Or when minutes. people play with food in their teeth. like, Yeah, and I feel like such a brat for like building this anger. We and sound like, oh and my we're God, very well aware. It's we, embarrassing. We've never said this. We've, we've never, never publicly said, said this. I wonder if anyone else listening and or watching has knows exactly what we're talking about. It gets worse. <sighs> this is really hard to talk about. Our dad's voice from far away. Oh, that's the only, oh no. There's been someone in like a movie before that I had to stop watching yeah, because of their voice. So it's not unique to just our dad. It just happens, unfortunately, unfortunately, our dad happens to have one of those tickly voices where he's like whispering in another room. I don't even want to talk about it because it's, it's gonna, like I'm the, a spiral. It's the sibilance <laughs> of the S's. The S's. The, oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so this sound thing has controlled our life to the point where like there's literally photos of me as a kid crying at the dinner table with like earmuffs and all these things on my head to try to block out the sounds and I'm crying mm -hmm. and I know so it sounds funny. funny and we joke about it sometimes but like we've had to we me and Gabby have felt like the problem kids in the family like like family vacations felt like anxiety to us because of this 
mesophonia. And we didn't even know it had a name until like five years ago. The it, name was is an mesophonia. It's called mesophonia. And it's still not that normalized. Like I, I don't, I still don't see any other public figures like talking about it, which still makes me feel like, is it like a very small percentage of people? Like, I don't know. That and I'm almost wondering like, is this okay to talk about? Cause nobody talks about it. I'm like, I'm scared. Me too. I don't know why I always feel so ashamed when I'm going through one of my episodes. I, I try to keep it to myself if we're like around friends or like people we're seeing. Like, I don't want to just be like, Nikki, stop doing this. Like, cause I'll oh feel crazy. Like I'll genuinely feel crazy. We have, we even have it even worse with each other because this is going to sound so weird, but there's some things I do and that Gabby does that if anyone else did it, it wouldn't bother us. But because we do it ourselves, it bothers each other. It's very twin telepathy feeling. And for example, like when I play with my hair, Gabby, I, it sets her off. That's the visual too. With Especially with Nikki, I think visual bothers me more. No, when you, it's the sound of your nails typing on your phone for me. Oh, for me, it's you doing this with your hair all the time. Uh, look, she has to turn her head. She has to turn her head. See? See? If you guys are listening to this on an app, please go to the visual on YouTube. She just turned her head because I mocked her playing with her hair. Like Nikki can't handle Cut my hands. <laughs> Stop. We don't like when each other types. Um, Sometimes when I'm trying to hide it in public, you will, if you've ever seen in videos where it looks like I'm rolling my eyes from Nikki or I'm like, just like looking down, like it's cause like I'm trying to not see it. So I can't react to it. Cause Sometimes if, if I see it, hair. I have to. Sometimes use our hair to block out the visual of the yeah, other. If I see Nikki doing something that's triggering me there, if I have misophonia, so I can't hide my reaction. It'll, it's almost like a, like a, involuntary response where if I hide myself from it, I don't have to react to it. If I see it, no matter who I'm around, what I'm doing professionally, I have to react to it. And it's so embarrassing. You have to get that part where you have to react just to <laughs> sit in it. You can't, I mean, uh, I don't, it doesn't make any sense to this day. And you know, what's interesting is anyone who doesn't even understand it um, would think, Oh, they must hate each other. People have literally said, Oh, the girls hate each other. The girls, Nikki and Gabby, the girls hate each other. They, hate they each other. don't get along. Or or the girls hate their father. Fuck no. I love no, my dad. Yeah. It just but it's like because of this sound thing, it has given people like kind of like or like our siblings. They're like, oh, here we go, go again. again. Nikki like, and Gabby being Nikki and Gabby. Like it is. I'm just so glad I have Nikki to go through this with. But like what what also sucks though is I love being around my family. And just the idea of being in just an hour car ride with my whole family, like I get so much anxiety. I vent to Nikki. I'm like, what do we do? Do we drive what up do together? We do? I mean, alone. We, we just recently had to like go to a funeral and all of us rode in a car together. And like, obviously like our whole family's going through it. Like me and Gabby, like it, we're, we're going through it. Everyone's going through it. The last thing we want to do is have someone's freaking sounds that they're doing in the car bother us. But it's like, someone would listen and say, well, where's the self-control? And it's like, there's something about this that we deal with where it's like, we try everything. And I, I, I don't know how else to explain the experience. You remember how miserable I was that, in that car ride we up have there, to, Nikki? That was bad. We have to like literally wear sound canceling headphones and blast music for an hour. That is like torture. Like that's like, we rather blare our eardrums instead of listening to these sounds when we were little growing up, if we would hear things from downstairs and we were trying to get our homework done or study, we would blast our TVs, put it on volume 100 just so we could hear the loud blaring TV instead of those sounds that, that we cannot tolerate. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think 
me my misophonia had a lot to do with why I didn't perform the best in school growing up because Same. it's like I couldn't study at home. I couldn't do my homework at home. I didn't know how to drive. I couldn't leave my house. And like, we're in Pennsylvania. It's not like it's good weather all the time outside. I genuinely feel a sense of peace as an adult, even though it's more lonely. I don't have to drown out sounds. I'm in my house. Like that's why I love being alone. Yeah. Yeah. And like, there's no sh like stress. I feel like if you, if you, we put our thumbs on like one of those things that showed stress levels, I feel like growing up, you would have seen huge peaks anytime we were home and in school because these sounds weren't just at home. They were at school too. There were people chewing gum behind us in class, people reading out loud in the classroom who sound like and when it was popcorn reading, uh, <laughs> oh, God, I popcorn, popcorn to Gabby. <laughs> um, there was like teachers typing while we're taking tests. I remember filling out a test going A, B, C, D, like playing A, B, when C, because I, I wanted to get through the test. When I was in college, Gabby would always talk about a specific type of girl that would come into class late with her jiggling her oh, ice shaking coffee. the ice, like. And just like talking and like shaking the ice. With the blouse, shaking yeah. the ice. And like, I didn't understand it until one time that I actually had that same experience. I'm like, damn it, Gabby. And also like one time, like I feel bad and all these people are doing nothing wrong. They're harmless. They do They're nothing innocent. to us. We just have like, it feels like this like, ev not evil streak, but it feels like this like, we we said ever since we were little, we felt like we had a curse. Like we, we see it as a curse. It's like intrusive thoughts, but like as a different part of you coming <laughs> out. I'm thinking about the one time you expressed, you're like... <laughs> We were little. You were like, what I do? You were just like, I'm so angry. I just like could, I could knock this person out in that moment. You hear that sound, and I'm like, oh my god! Like I, I can relate. Like it's such an, it's such a extreme reaction to something so harmless, and it's, it's like makes it, me feel like I'm there's something like really wrong with me. I remember when you and I were little, we watched Ella Enchanted together, and she was born with that the fairy put that curse on her where she had to say yes, yes to, to everything. everything. And I remember you and I had a discussion. We we're like, do you think we were cursed when we were little sound. with the sound thing? Cause as much as we hate certain sounds, we have such a love for music and certain ASMR and like, we just don't understand it. It's just such a difference. There's just so many aspects of this. It's affected our life in so many ways to where, for example, like me and Gabby cannot sit next to each other on a flight for six hours to LA because our sounds will piss each other off. And we at least can like agree and understand and not be mad at each other when it comes to that. But imagine like someone you're seeing or someone you love or a friend or like, for it's example, embarrassing. We, I have certain friends that really trigger my AS, my not ASMR, my misophonia when they're eating and I couldn't possibly sit next to them on a plane, but I don't know. I don't know how to tell them. I don't want to sit next to you on a plane. They don't, they wouldn't understand. And they would mm. think, oh, like, wow, what a, like an asshole. And there's, it's just affected our life in so many ways. Like, um, like sometimes like this, we have to keep opening up about the same problem. Even at 27 years old, we have to explain ourselves still to our family still like it'll be Thanksgiving dinner. And you would think by now, like we have like a system in place where it's like, we all make eye contact. Um, but no, we, people will like kind of, I guess, what? what? What's the problem? What's what? Why, why are you, what, why are you doing that? Gabby, can you explain? And you'll awkwardly be like, nothing, nothing. Um, and I'll like try to hide. My yeah. Head. Or like a relative will be like, what is, is, that, is that an AirPod? And take that out. You're at the table. Be present. Like, why do you have that AirPod in? And it's like, well, cause there's everyone chewing and banging their plates with their forks around me and I'm going to lose. It. I just really wish that this misophonia could have been somewhat understood and respected as much as any other mental health struggle or anxiety. Well, mental health, unfortunately, still is brushed over. 
no matter what it is, I hate, I'm not, there's just generational differences where I feel like our generation, if we genuinely opened up to our friends, they would, they would try to probably create a safe space for us. But there's other generations that are older than us that think medication's horseshit and that mental health talk is horseshit and that get over it. And that's very old fashioned, but that's the kind of people that do make us feel bad for what we go through. And you just have to kind of understand like our, we have the internet and Gen Z is going to be watching this and know about mesophonia now because of this. And that's cool. That's really cool. But they didn't have that. That generation just didn't have that. Yeah. Like, honestly, I have this one really woke friend. I know you probably know who who this is. It's a very woke friend. And I didn't know what to do because I started spiraling after this like eyebrow wax situation with like the chewing of the pretzel, the prolonged chewing. And I called my friend and I said, God, I don't know what to do. I'm supposed to vlog the rest of the day. And I keep hearing that sound play over and over again in my head. I'm very irritable. And I don't want to, I don't want to film anymore today. I don't want to get ready for fashion week. And this friend said, wait, what's the name of this? Let me Google it for you and try to see if there's any advice on what to do to get the sound out of your head. And this person sat there on the phone with me and was like, you know what? It says to work out. It says to go to the gym. It says to do this. It helps other people. And like, I, I said to this person, I said, why are you being so calm? Why are you not judging me? Like, he's like, it's, it's as equal as a mental health. So this is a mental health thing. Like, there are some friends of mine who I, I shouldn't even say friends. There's people in the past that would want to get under my skin. And I, no matter how many times I told them, you know what, like this really bothers me. This really bothers me just, just in my ear. And it's just like, at that point, it's, I think it's like a little disrespectful. I get it. Like you got to eat, but it's like, I, I really, it's so embarrassing to bring up. It makes me so embarrassed. I hate to bring it up more than like five times. You know what I mean? And, um, there are some friends now in my life that will be on FaceTime and all of a sudden they'll be on mute. And I'm like, why are you muted? And I'm like, sorry, I was eating. I didn't want to bother you. I've never experienced that before. When I was talked down out of a panic attack from from my mesophonia by this friend, I realized, wow, my, I don't even know if I, should I call it a disorder? What is this? I don't know. My mesophonia is being respected by someone. This is a new feeling and it felt good. I felt safe. I felt very safe and I wasn't used to that. This person was doing all this research, talking me down out of this and like talking me down out of like the, the spiral that it caused me. And you know what? Working out, I I went to the gym, went on the treadmill for three miles, just walked. I I did not feel that sensation anymore. I felt great. And I was like, wow, this friend really helped me. I feel like working out and alcohol helps. Like if we're at a family dinner, being over 21 has helped a lot because back in the day, like we couldn't drink to ignore the sounds. We're not saying... No, we're not saying no, no, no. To heal anything, by the way. We've noticed socially if it's making us feel uncomfortable, the sounds, and we don't want to embarrass ourselves or people um we drink a little bit and um it takes the edge off and we it's harder we don't really hear it. it's like background noise <laughs> growing up like we did have our mom bless her soul she has always tried to understand it she has taken us to so many therapists we've been to audiologists we used to have to see an audiologist like she took us to specialists like we were trying to get to the bottom of this we so had many different types so of doctors many Doctors. Do you remember being strapped down to a chair when you were little and you had the things on your thumbs measuring your stress levels and they had a 
psychiatrist sitting across from us, sitting there chewing, chewing gum, gum and staring at us. We were screaming, crying, strapped down to a chair. I, I just told my friend this. That's trauma. This, I know. I just told my friend this memory when I was on the phone with them. They were like, what? Like, they were just, they were just shocked. It just, like, sucked because it, it still feels like, I'm just going to be real for a second. It still feels like it's a problem and it feels like I hurt people with it and I w- I'm a solution-based person. I'm actually a control freak. You guys probably know from watching these episodes already. I'm very, very control freaky and I like to be solution-based and this doesn't have a solution. And the only solution there is, is for people to understand around you. And that's fucked up to like, just expect other people to understand your problems. Like it's not their problem. It's my problem, but it takes teamwork and team effort to find peace in this situation. And sometimes people don't want to comply and I get it. And it's like, so what do we do? It's like at the end of the day, you have to surround yourself with people that will accept every part of you. So like, I, sometimes I wish we were like more chill but we are chill. It's just we have to become with this thing. And I, feel, I do I don't want to cut you off, but I do feel like my mesophonia got in the way of a relationship of mine because they would go on their games and play the keyboard so much and do like the whisper talking all the time. And you could hear it throughout my entire new house. The old house was different, but I felt so bad because I was like, why am I getting resentful? Why am I getting angry? This is such a sweet person. It's just like, Same. or like they're trying to like tell you something like constructive and there's like food in their mouth and all you're focused on is the food in their mouth and not what they're actually saying. It does feel like a curse. Like this feels funny, but it's like also really not like, I know it sounds stupid. We're very aware how we, this might be like, we're so nervous to put this out there. Because there's way, there's way more issues in the world than a sound. I understand that for sure. But we just don't have like really an answer and there really isn't one. And there's no like solution to it. My mom or our mom, sorry, um, wanted to, <laughs> wanted to get us hearing aids when we were in fifth grade. To I, help heard that could, I heard that could work. Our mom is like, she really. And like all of this own. has given us so much anxiety. And um, growing up, we actually like struggled with a lot of anxiety because I think at those like transformative years, you look at how others are developing and what is considered normal and cool and how others are acting. And you're just trying to blend in at that age. Like when you're like after kindergarten, like first grade through, through fifth grade, you're just trying to learn how to fit in. And we noticed nobody else had this problem. I still don't know anybody else but one other person with this problem, our mutual friend. Yeah. That's it, though. But she's very comforting to have as a friend. Yes. But back to, like, what I was saying, like, we masked. We learned how to mask this and that freaking out over sound was not okay. So we would, like, kind of silently suffer all day in school. And it would show in our schoolwork. And um, we would also learn to mask at hangouts. There would be times where like Gabby was bothering me and I was bothering Gabby with like something we were doing and we'd have to make eye contact. There was a time where I had to make up a signal where if you were doing something that was bothering me, I'd make the sound 
and you would stop doing it. And yeah, but then that sound started getting so on my nerves because it happened all the time. I know. Every day. And I didn't realize I was setting Nikki off that much. But as much as I understand the issue, I would get just as irritable back to Nikki as anybody else would and vice versa. Same with Nikki to me. So even though I understood it would be annoying to me because it's like, I just want to play with my hair. I just want to type. I just want to Or I just want to text on my phone. Like I'd have to face the other way. Yeah. I, I also like growing up because we had this hearing problem. There was some language like in our household that's like everything was easy, like tell the twins or the twins. The we twins. just always felt like a burden we because of this issue. Yeah. And like um, I also have ADHD and we're identical. I'm sure you have some sort of it. You just haven't yeah. gone to a doctor about it. Um, and they say in people that have ADHD – that go undiagnosed through adulthood, that they start putting the attributes of ADHD as themselves and shaming themselves for it. So most people with ADHD do have low self-esteem because they take on, oh, I must be lazy. I must be, I'm always late. I'm so messy. I, I'm distracted. I can't pay attention. I can't follow direction. I'm a mess. Like they put that on themselves and they're so shameful. And then when you get diagnosed with ADHD and you finally get medicated and those all subside and you become an adult, you feel like a put together adult, you realize, whoa, I spent my whole life shaming me for something that like was truly out of my control. That was not me. That was my ADHD. And I think that the same way that people with ADHD have low self-esteem, I do think that our mesophonia did the same thing where we are like, oh, we must be picky and irritable. We always got called irritable. I'm not an irritable irritable person. I'm a happy person. I feel like I went through this phase growing up with friends and partners where I put so much weight on them because I'm like, yeah, who else would put up with this? I have to hold on to this. Who else would put up with this? Me and Gabby like always struggled with like abandonment issues. And we've always like, we've never thought that like friends would stay or partners would stay or careers would stay. I still think we do struggle with it. And I think it does come down to like the shame we feel with the mesophonia on top of our unusual lifestyles with this career choice. We feel like, and I don't know, you could tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like I am a hard package who wants to deal with this package. And that's called low self-esteem. I rather say I'm a great package and people are great people would be lucky to have me in their life, but it's taken a lot of work to try to get there. I'm still not there yet, but I think we're so used to being like a mess with the ADHD and late and distracted. And we have this hearing problem and our lives are chaotic with our jobs. Who the hell would want to deal with us? Partner. I mean, you could also look at it as like, we are, we feel so deeply. I think that's a blessing and it can be a curse. Like, I feel like, well, just now Nikki set off my mesophonia. I looked this way. didn't look her in the eye because she just did this with her hair. So I'm just showing you guys an example. We're almost in autopilot. Like we know how to cor- course yeah. correct it real fast. And you guys want to see Now it. that I pointed that out, I'm sure you guys can watch through all of our videos, all, these podcast episodes and the YouTube channel and see all the times we've set each other off but have gone autopilot and know how to like deal with it and act like nothing's bothering us, but you can clear, clearly see our eye movements change. We look another way. But also like, if you were to like get a baseline of somebody, like for example, like people filming a podcast, you think they must be relaxed. They're sitting there, they're talking. How hard must it be? 
when we're trying to like stay on topic, which is hard for us, and we're sitting here, we are, I'm not settled. I'm not chilling here. Are you? Do you no. feel chill? Why? No. It's because we're on edge. Because hands and sounds and... And when do I shut my eyes? And when do I turn this way? Yes. And when can I check my phone? Yes. I don't, you don't like texting thing. Yeah. It's like we're always on edge. And I love you to death, but I think like we could not live together like full time. I think be, like staying with each other is great, but I think like the talking on the phone and the older you get, you want peace. And I think it's hard to feel peace when someone is constantly setting off your mesophonia. So it does worry me about like long-term relationships and having kids one day. And like, I've had a really dark thought, like our dad's voice from far away, like really bothers us. And it's like, one day, nobody lives forever. Um, I'm going to wish I could hear his voice and that I know stop. I'm like, oh my God. That's so sad. I did not even think about that. Holy shit. So it's like, it makes me feel bad. Yeah, we, we love our dad so much. Yeah. And it's like, here we're like basically telling him to shut up. And we like... I don't know. I genuinely don't. I just, I, it always goes back to that talk we had when we were watching Ella Enchanted. We literally looked at each other because we know how much we love our dad. Like we, I was a daddy's girl. Like I felt like that relationship got very strained with this, with with this issue that I have. Um, we looked at each other. We're like, do you think we have a curse? Like we genuinely thought some spell was put on us when we were little because that's how much that's how distraught it makes us feel and that's how much it's not in aligned with our emotions and intentions we've always had such loving intentions with our father and like other I mean, people no in our relationships life. perfect i think sometimes like it someone who doesn't understand it like would just say put on headphones get over it like it would look like we were spoiled and babied and we, and we always got our way and that we expect everybody else to follow our rules. And that is totally not, that is literally not the case. It makes us act out very selfish, but we can't help but want to run away from a trigger. It, it, it induces mad anxiety for me. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, maybe it's anxiety therapy that can help. I've noticed, you know, there's different tools when you talk to a professional with anxiety attacks, but there's nothing that can stop that from triggering like, it. We want to fix it, so but no one we've never we haven't seen a lot of information about it online. We've just seen a few articles, not a lot of YouTube videos. Um, so if any of you guys like are like in the medical like psychology professional field, or if you struggle with this and you have literally any solution, like please open it up in the comments. Or if you're listening to this on Spotify, like head over to the YouTube video and please leave some comments of advice because I think the older we get, like we want peace in our family and we want, we want to stop feeling like the ones that are causing the problems. And we want to have families. And it yeah. really terrifies me to think about me being like a 40 something year old with kids being like, Oh my God, this voice, this, that. I have a horrible fear that what if one, one day, one of my kids constantly sets up off my mesophonia that what they want to it's truly a my worst fear yeah i like haven't thought about some of the things you've thought about and now i feel like i'm getting new instilled fears i'm sorry but it's okay i think too much as it is and like my mind goes there i mean 
mesophonia affects everything. Like I love my assistants. Every assistant that's worked for me has been phenomenal. And when you're with someone all that time, like their, their things will set you off your mesophonia, like the eating and stuff. And sometimes I feel like such a jerk having to turn on music when they're eating or having to eat in a lobby instead of being in the hotel room or having to ask them to like, I will never say don't eat or don't eat or eat quieter. I never want them to. I never want anyone to feel uncomfortable around me. So I'll either put in headphones or turn on music or eliminate myself. But I think they do know of the problem. So sometimes I feel like they're self-conscious, like, oh my God, do I eat gross? I'm so sorry. Like, it sucks. Wait, I have another one to ask if if this triggers you too. What? I can't like go into public bathrooms as much as I used to. Because it's not the sound of the going to the bathroom. It's like the sounds of people like. <laughs> like <laughs> I just made a tweet about this. Like pushing out. Psh, like some. Gabby? What? Gabby? No. <laughs> I just made a tweet about this. I was like, guys, somebody's in the stall talking to themselves while they shit. She was like, she was like, oh, yeah. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah. It was good. <laughs> it was good? What? But like it's like some people will like go just like sigh and stuff and like it sets my <laughs> you know what's something really weird that bothered me one time? And Uber drivers like just <laughs> it sounds so bad. It's like they're just doing their own no. thing. Like they're they're working like so uh. hard. Like it makes uh I, I, I it's feel funny dis- and I feel it's disgusting dark. talking about mesophonia. I am so embarrassed. For saying sometimes we try to like it makes it feel less fucked up and dark if we find the humor in it. But ultimately, there is no humor in it. It's just you know, we're kind of in the situation. I'm thinking about you. You I didn't even see that tweet, but I'm just thinking about it. I literally tweeted my iconics were like LMAO. Oh my god. Sorry. I wish I saw I don't go on Twitter anymore, but I wish I saw that tweet. I think that. We're trying to talk about this publicly because our goal isn't to give you the same bullshit we used to like talk about years ago when we would try to be relatable influencers. Like we're not trying to do that. We're trying to be like normalize things and humanize things and open up discussions. There's always bad feedback and there's good feedback too. But that like we want to have a discussion and we want it out in the universe that Nikki and Gabby have mesophonia. Who else? Who else? And not for nothing. I know a lot of people could take what we're saying right now very, very badly. It sounds like we have anger issues. But if this is going to help anybody who's going through what we went through when we were younger, if this is just going to reach anybody and, you know, show them that they're not alone, then so freaking be it. Like, I'm so passionate about making people that feel like aliens and alone with their emotions feel understood. I think, okay, that we're getting deep, but... We like the girliness. We like the fashion. We like, this is cute. This whole set's cute. We like all the glam and stuff. But ultimately, I think me and Gabby's purpose is to like comfort you guys and like make you guys feel understood. If you look back at our older videos, um, we give so many advice videos, like truly. And we want to make people feel nurtured in a way I don't think we felt. And we also Mm -hmm. have cancer moons. So we're just like, we're trying to constantly give you guys hugs even at the expense of maybe people will think there's something wrong with us after this, but, and you know, maybe there is something wrong with us, but it's at the end of the day, we're just gonna 
own it because it's something that really impairs every day for us. And it's been since we were younger. And, you know, if you feel like you're alone, just know there's two of us that are here and can talk about this for probably two more hours. So we did talk about mesophonia a lot outside of mesophonia, since we're in the mental health space right now. Like, how else do we both like experience anxiety on the daily? Well, we touched base on this in I think episode one of, was it episode one? No, I don't know when this is going up. We've, we've talked about this in another episode where my anxiety harvests as, um, as an appetite suppressant. And, you know, if I'm triggered with misophonia or if I'm just triggered with anything anxiety related, automatically misanxiety takes my appetite away. And, you know, this has been a very hard year. And I think my anxiety has spiked more than ever before. I've been very uncomfortable, been, been thrown into very uncomfortable situations. Um, but, you know, you can only go up from there. So the last time I've had really, really bad anxiety was 2015. And I only went up from there the next year. So I'm really excited to see what's in store for us. But at the end of the day, this mesophonia thing and anxiety, it's something that we're constantly going to have to address if we want to like make it further in different aspects, personally, emotionally, family, yeah. work. I would say like I, if I had to pick like a big anxiety of mine, um, it's definitely, it all falls under the control bubble. I think that mm. I have a fear of abandonment because I want to be able to control people staying. I have a fear that everyone's going to leave me and I'm just going to be alone. And that's something that's like the root of like a lot of my problems. And then to piggyback off control, I have a major, major fear of like death. We talked about this in oh Nikki and Gabby God. Take Miami. Um, we should give a trigger warning because I yeah. know a lot of people are scared yeah. about that. Right I now. feel like I want to have control over literally everything down to my feet, down to safety of myself and others. I constantly have a fear of people leaving my life or losing people that I love. And don't put that energy out there. No, I'm not. I just it's really, I know I get it. it. I'm scared of it too, but that's why I'm saying that because I'm rejecting that yeah. energy. I'm very scared of this. Okay. Well, I also want other people to like kind of know, like people know I've, I used to have a huge fear of flying and um, I people now see how much I fly on an airplane. And that's because I went to see a psychiatrist because I realized getting on an airplane was going to mean making me have a more abundant, happy life because that airplane takes me to a whole new world that I get to be me in LA, you know, because mm -hmm. here in the small little town, you can't, there's so many other things that we like to do in entertainment. There's such a lot of world to see. Yeah. I get so it. just fixing that there are like, there is modern technology, AKA like SSRIs and, and medication that can help. I do want to like touch on anxiety because it's like mesophonia is one thing. I don't think anyone just deals with one type of anxiety. There is so many. And depending on what's going on in your life, like for example, I, I do have OCD, but it's gone a little less down as I get older because my logic has really fully tapped in and my logic can really combat the OCD intrusive thoughts that don't make sense. Um, but it's still there. I still have to like touch things a certain amount of times and like pick and choose what I wear. But as an adult, I just did the hair thing again. Sorry, well, that's okay. I'm just calling it out on the on the visuals for this, so, so that, that way they can, can see it. But as an adult, OCD, like 
is less prominent because the logic taps in, but maybe three years from now, the OCD will come back in full force. And, and it's just like in waves, depending on your circumstances, your like, say you move, say you're, you're stuck in a town, say you go to a new city, say you go through a breakup, like your outside experiences will always affect what's more prominent in your head. And I think sometimes when life is really consistent for me, like before this year, life has not been consistent this year, but before, not by any means around the pandemic, when life was pretty freaking consistent, I had new anxieties emerging. I think that the fear of losing people or dying was stronger than normal because I felt like I had a rhythm, a routine. I was kind of content. I like, I, everything was great as it was and I didn't want anything to change. Mm -hmm. So then that anxiety of, well, this person's going to die. Or if you don't do this, like this is going to happen. And like, you know, making those certain changes this year because it wasn't exactly what I want right now has induced a lot of anxiety and my mesophonia has been worse than ever before. So I genuinely believe that anxiety has so much to do with misophonia. So I remember you actually sending me an article or it, I think it was our friend from high school. It was our, no, it wasn't you. It was our friend from high school who also has mesophonia. And still to this day, the only person I know who has mesophonia. So it's me, Gabby, and our friend from high school. We get a text message from her with a link to an article. I think at this time, we were in high we're school. In end of high school or early college. And we get a link to an article called Mesophonia. What is it? And she sent it to us. And it, I was reading it. And I was like, no way. And I felt like relief. And I was like, okay, like, where do we go from here? Or at least we have a name for it now because none of the specialists could diagnose it. And then I didn't, I didn't see anything else ever again. Like, it's not – and there's no answer and there's no solution. There's ways to maybe help with, like, earplugs and stuff. But I don't – no, like there, I haven't seen a lot about it. That was the only time I was able to put a name to it. And then ever since, just like nothing. Like I don't see it ever being talked about. It makes me feel like maybe Nikki and I are maybe some of the few that deal with it. I don't know how many people. I'm really interested to see the comment section on the YouTube visual of this episode to see if anybody else understands the sensation. But what I will say is even though it feels really like isolating. I'm just like glad I have it with Nikki. And thankfully we work together because I can't imagine being alone and working through this in the workspace with other strangers. Like it's just, oh my God, crazy to me. If anybody else is going out and about their work days and getting triggered every day with a job that they love and surrounded by the sounds and annoyances that trigger misophonia, I'm like seriously so sorry. So my advice for anybody with misophonia is to feel your feet on the ground. Um, the reason I give that advice is because if you feel the sensation of like your feet in your shoes or if you're in your bed, your feet in your blankets, you're going to realize like you, you're going to just feel that and focus on an actual physical sensation than whatever is triggering your mind. It's, I know it's easier said than done and I know, I know it's such a struggle to try and take your mind off of something that's so triggering. But at the end of the day, if you're focusing on another sensation, I found it can help minimize that, that reaction to the misophonia. My advice is you're not alone. That's not advice. I'm just trying to come for you guys because, I mean, it's just, I, I just think of the low self-esteem associated and how you guys must feel if we feel like this. Yeah. 
um, you're not alone. And AirPods are the best invention from Apple because you can literally have your AirPods in at a dinner table or in a classroom and nobody will know because there's no cord. There's no cord. Especially if you're like, if you have long hair, like you can cover, no one knows you have anything in your ears. Um, AirPods have changed the game. I can at least sit at a dinner table and if my mesophonia is acting up. Also, if you are at a dinner table situation and people are eating and it's bothering you, like get up and go to the bathroom until your food comes. And then when your food comes. Oh, that's our, that's our yeah. trick. Going to the bathroom when you're like at like a dinner table, like with your family and someone's triggering you and you don't want to start a fight. Literally go up, get up and go to the bathroom. Do you know how many times I get up to go to the bathroom and then Nikki walks right in or like I, or she's in the bathroom and I walk right in. And we're like, oh. Mesophonia. I know exactly. We're both hanging in the bathroom. It's my best. That's like my best trick. Yeah. But it also sucks because we're also like missing out on like those conversations in that moment. But at least we have each other. We don't have the answers, but that's like the best I can say because we're still figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah. We're really excited about this podcast, guys. And we're posting every week the Opposite Twins podcast in partnership with the Roost Podcast Network. Yay. She got it. Oh my god, I love how you, like I can't I don't have to hide it now. Um oh my god, it's a safe space now on this it's channel. People in the comments, their mesophonia is happening right here. I feel unfiltered. I love this. What? We're standing by our tagline right now. Um, but you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, streaming platforms, YouTube. You can watch it visually. Make sure to subscribe, hit the bell, like, rate this, and let us know what you want to see next. And if you guys are listening, on a streaming service, um, head over to YouTube, see what we look like, see the, the the ridiculousness in front of your eyes. Like, yeah, literally watch our reactions in this episode. If you're hearing this, on, this is one you want to watch. Just saying, like a spot of if you're listening on Spotify, definitely go to YouTube and look at like our unfiltered reactions. We're not to mysterious this. voices. We're people. Come yeah. look at match the face to the voice. <laughs> but yeah, um, thanks for watching. We love you guys. We and love you. Subscribe, press the bell. We'll see you guys next week. Yay. All right, bye. bye.